Hello, welcome back. I'm so excited for you guys to join me on this episode where I am fangirling the heck out over Erica Kramer, my coach, the queen of confidence, and just listening to her share her amazing story and wisdom and all about sisterhood and confidence and how those things go hand in hand. It is beautiful. My biggest fear in this episode was for something to happen to the audio and there to be a technical glitch, which does happen early on in the interview. And then it goes smooth sailing. And it was just such a good reminder of, you know, the biggest fears in your life actually not being that big of a deal. And so with that, I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. So (laughs) I'm the most excited for this podcast because this podcast would not exist without this incredible human. I had been looking for a coach for years, journaling it, manifesting it. And then all of a sudden she just dropped in and I knew right away, like literally before I even knew that I knew, I was like, oh, this is my person because it's the personal development soul work that also is like really practical keeps it so high vibe that I'm like crying and then laughing and then crying while I'm laughing. And it's more than showing up unapologetically. This woman is like, here I am in my magic. You are welcome. The very appropriately titled Queen of Confidence, Erica Kramer, welcome. Oh, Veronica, I love you. I'm so happy to be doing this with you on your freaking podcast. I'm excited. So like I said, this podcast wouldn't exist without you because when I found you and I'd been sitting on this podcast and then I obviously like took a deep dive into all of you and I watched, I look, I went back and like listened to, you know, your millions of podcasts and even still sometimes now you're in your car recording because the message is the thing. And it was such a permission slip, I guess, to show up period, to show up period. So thank you for that. Now you've had such a crazy story, an ongoing journey that is just like leveling up and blooming and blossoming all of the time. And like I said, like you were my mad inspiration to really like, obviously there's, you know, a trail of incredible people that have inspired me, but this was the sort of catapult. What was your catapult? I guess, because you've had such a journey. Okay. My catapult was coming to Australia, as you know, you're also here. Um, and being from North America, we have a lot of similarities, me and Veronica, to all of you listening, we're basically twins. Uh, and my catapult was being super miserable and super self-pity and victim mode in mm. Australia and just really crashing and feeling like a loser because I had moved to this country like running away from my story and running away from my trauma and met a man. He didn't work out, met another man. He didn't work out. And now. Oh no. Oh no. And that really hit me. Yeah. That knocked me on my feet and I was kind of like, shit. Okay. So it's me. And then when I met my husband, he introduced me to coaching and Tanja was my catapult. Like Tanja was my first coach. And, uh, I would say Hamish first, my husband was my catapult. And then Tanja really took me into the rabbit hole of the depth. Um, yeah, that would be it. (laughs) And she was the one that was emceeing your book launch. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. She's like the godmother to my, I literally was like, you changed my life. I'm going to give you my firstborn child. And so 
I had to do that. No. Yeah. I think it's so important that like that, you know, we have those guides, you know, that, that, that person that takes you along for the ride and that it kind of invites you in and, you know, doesn't necessarily lead the way because I think we all lead our own way, but that's just like, I'm here to be like your Sherpa, you know, yeah. like your pacemaker when you're like doing marathons, like you have those people that are pacing you mm-hmm. um, and that you're not like running their race, but they're just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm with you. Um, so you have an incredible book that I'm just, I love, love, love. It's just, if you think you've read a personal development book and like, you know, the things you need to read this book. Cause it's just, so magic um and it's so wonderfully titled confidence feels like shit because it's not about again that sort of i don't want to call it airy fairy because i love airy fairy shit but like it's not sugarcoating anything and it's it gets down to the nitty-gritty and i think the things that we overlook all of the time because we see people like you right now and you're gorgeous all of the things where we weren't we even though we can go back and look at you in your car you know, doing the podcast, like we don't want to make that link because then it gives us the power that we don't want to step into. Like you talk a lot about that. So I guess I just want to like talk to me a little bit about that, about confidence, feeling like shit and that misconception that we have that it's, um, like you say, a lot of times, like it's something you can just buy or once you get it, then you have it. And it's like you, once you make the decision to be confident, then it feels great. Yeah, yeah. I think it it's funny because I my the editors who were helping me with the book were like, oh, we'll just be sure you want that title. Maybe we'll just leave it as like a, a maybe we'll we'll just come back to that, Erica. And I was like, um, no, that's gonna be the title of my book. Like I wanna say a swear word and I want it to be that's what it needs to be. And I remember it was a podcast a long time ago. I think my first year of podcasting, it was a podcast that came up and you know, when you're not with your kids and you're in the shower, all the wisdom comes and you're like, Oh, what is this? So that came to me one day and I was like exploring that idea that yeah, like confidence is crap. Like it feels horrible when you're creating it and you know, we create it. So I think that a lot of the times people think that confidence is something you either have or you don't have, or they, they almost like point the finger to those confident people over there, like as if they are more luckier or they've got some gold star that you don't have. And it's like, no, 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 we can all have it. And so if we can all have it, why aren't you creating it? And so I thought that giving it that title would be good. It's like the truth about confidence and what it takes to create it. You know, that, that, uh, the definition is like a power, a belief in yourself and your power and abilities. And it's like, cool, but the, the definition of confidence doesn't tell you what does it actually take for you to believe in yourself and your power and abilities? Like, especially as a woman, as a mother, like as a woman of color, as a Latina, like what the hell does it take for you to believe in yourself and your powers and abilities? And so I wanted to break the stigma of confidence being this amazing, powerful thing that everyone, you know, all the cool people have, or that it's only for the skinny women or the celebrities or the Instagram influencers. And that it's like, what if it was available to everyone? And what if the person stopping you from getting it was you? And it's like, uh, uppercut in the face. And so that's what I wanted to name the book that because, and I, and I love it because I hadn't, my, I don't care about being original because none of our ideas are original. I'm influenced by so many people, but I was like, I want to go against the grain of confidence and talk about it in a different way. Not because I want to be different, but because I want to give people permission to feel like they're shitting themselves, which we'll talk about, I'm sure later, but yeah. you know, like <laughs> permission permission to feel that permission to feel fucked up and like I'm a piece of shit I don't know what I'm doing I'm lost I'm I'm doubting myself great high five 
you're on the right fucking track. Good on you. Like it's so easy to not doubt yourself and not put yourself in uncomfortable positions. And the fact that women and men and people are doing that, I'm like, you're my person because you're taking this risk and it's scary as hell. And if I'm out there in the, like Brene Brown says, the arena and you're with me, I see you and I go, okay, we're the same and we build connection that way. But if you're out there in the stands making fun of us and you're not brave enough to get in the arena and get a sucker punch in the face by life, then go fuck yourself. You don't need to tell a shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I also think that I love, like, you know, you talk about in your book too, when we say it feels like shit and I love that you know, like you said, you're giving permission, but you're also, I think, opening up something to people that a lot of people don't think about because they see a person acting confidently. So you talk about this metaphor of a TED talk and how yeah. you anticipate feeling like there's no disillusion that you're going to build yourself up to somehow feeling like, you know, walking out there. I remember years ago hearing that like Adele would throw up before every show. And this was when she was already like, arena is yeah. hello, yeah. I'm Adele. <laughs> And throwing up before every show because she was nervous. I'm like, but you're fucking Adele. And you talk about, you know, J-Lo and Oprah. And again, I think we forget or we try and convince ourselves that they have unlocked something and then they no longer feel nervous. But like, I love that you talk about the fact that like, you're going to feel that fear and do it anyway. And then once you do it, it's not like once you've decided to do it anyway, this ocean of calm comes over you. No, it's still like right now, my heart is like, like I'm dying inside. Um, and we talked about being shit sisters. Like, you know, yes. we're still shitting our pants before we do all these really scary, exciting things. But over time, of course, you get a little bit more resilient. And I love that you talk about confidence being so linked to resilience because I think someone might do something scary feel shitty while they're doing it and then think, see, I tried the scary thing and it felt like shit. Yeah. And so that's their two pieces of information. And then they're going with that. Whereas you come in and go, no, that shitty feeling that was confidence. I yeah. fucking love that. Like that to me is like mind blowing. Cause I don't think we're looking at it like that. That's the step, you know, the step that you wanted to get over there. That's the step. It's yeah. poo and it's great. Like it stinks. Just cover your nose, but step on it. Like, yeah. go. You know, I yeah. think that that is just incredible, incredible. Oh my God, I like eight million different questions for you. Okay, so I am a part of your sisterhood. Yes, beautiful, incredible sisterhood. So I have had the luxury and the privilege of being having access to you and all the, a lot of the stuff that's in the book already for the last almost mm -hmm. year. My year is coming up. I'm it's crazy. Um, and you do talk in the book about how you, you know, the progression of your experience, how you started styling with confidence. And then you realize, you know, it's not just the outward stuff. It's the inward. It's all, I'm not even, it's a whole book. Read it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how did the, then I know you're doing like one-on-one -on -one clients. So how did the sisterhood come to be? Oh yeah. That, so the sisterhood, which is our year long coaching experience, right? We have online, we have in person and we started with in recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I freaking, Amazing. I just love, I love community. I'm a foster kid. I'm an ex foster kid. And so I'm like, I just really, I started coaching one-on-one. -on -one, so I was doing live events, right? The model was live events. And then at the end of the live event, I would say, if you want to work with me, one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I would sell one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. and people would come and work with me one-on-one. -on -one, and then that started. I really loved that. Cause I got to see number one, am I good at what I do? Like it's one thing to 
learn it for yourself, change your own life. Then to say, now I'm going to teach someone how to do what I did, like, and then get results. There's a whole nother ball game. So I was just trialing and seeing. And then I started getting one-on-one coaches and I mean, one-on-one clients and really working with different women and seeing, yes, no, I want to do that. Don't like that. Oh, there's more content. And I started like building almost like my, you know, everyone talks about what, how do you know how to do a framework or what's your IP? And it's like, it takes time. So stop being so impatient. Like you're not going to get a five-step process and a whole plan of content like Tony Robbins. He's been doing it for 20 years. Like, so I was like just sitting, you know, yeah, it's like, I should have a five step. I should have a thing. And what's my thing. And like, I was doing that. And it's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to have a thing. I'm fuck a thing. Like I'll just use other people's things and credit them because I don't need to create it. I need to just be with my client. And as I started working with them, I started seeing like, Oh, if they only did this or if this was only like that. And then I started, let's say Veronica, you'd be in my office. And then I, then after you, I'd get Nikki and I'm like, Oh my God, if Veronica met Nikki, she wouldn't feel so alone or man, it's similar to Brianna and similar to, and I would kind of match these people in my head together and be like, they would love if they could connect and meet each other. Cause they would feel seen, heard and validated and they wouldn't feel so crazy. And they wouldn't feel so like, I'm the only one that deals with this. And although we logically know that other people go through what we go through, it's something to be logical. And then, it's another thing to sit in a room or be on a call and listen to another human say what you're thinking or what you used to think and cry and like, fuck, it's amazing. So I was just like, I want to help more people. I have a Tony Robbins vision and an Oprah vision and a Cardi B vision all mixed together. And I was like, I want to do big groups of people. I want to help people. So I just said to my husband, I think the best thing for us to do would be um, to get women together. And so as we created the idea for sisterhood, we were like, how could we do it? How could we create it? And I will say that sometimes it doesn't exist because it's a bad idea. And sometimes it doesn't exist because it's a hard idea or an expensive idea. And my idea was definitely hard and expensive. It wasn't a bad idea, but it was like, no one's doing this. Why is no one doing sisterhood in person? And I'm like six live events, eight hour days, childcare, uh, venue hire. How many people can you fit in an event space, content, workbooks, fucking everything. And it was like, Oh, and I'm not charging high price point. Cause that's not what I want to do with sisterhood. So it was really interesting to see how I thought my ego was like, no one's done this before. I'm so cool. And it's like, bitch, no one's done it before because it's probably a bit of a crazy idea. So that's just a little side note. Um, but we built that sisterhood was amazing. We did the six events and as we upgraded our budget, we got to have cooler venues and more women would come. And that kind of was the idea. It wasn't to not do one-on-one because I wanted to maximize my time and my money, which is also a good idea to move from one-on-one to mass. But mine was literally like, I, I will be damned if one woman sits in my office and pretends that she's the only one with that little story and poor me and all that bullshit. And I'm like, no, I know that your story can help so many other women. And just by listening, just by you existing, you sharing and you being in a space, we could change our lives. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to say one-on-one is available. I, I, I'm literally just going to commit to the vision of mass and women and community and foster care basically um and that's how it was created the initial melbourne i i'm so glad you created and i thank you for going through that continuing to go through all of the you know growing pains of it because it is such an amazing community and i can confirm i like like i said before we had probably the almost the exact same natal chart because we've born like days apart (laughs) close to each other in the world it's nuts same year but before like two, a couple of years ago before I had my son and, you know, went on hiatus from the world and then COVID, um, <laughs> I was running women's events, like literally sisterhood circles, 
I was doing it, trying to do it on my own, which is a crazy hustle because same thing, like venues, all of the marketing, da, 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 da. And then I was working with Lululemon and I was able to do it through their like store. So I was doing it like in community there and it was amazing. And then had my son and then, you know, beginning 2020, I was like, have it actually in this, my, my ideas book where I have all my podcast stuff now. And it was like back you know, bring back these in-person events, rah, rah, same thing. Cause I wanted to connect nice. with a bigger group of people and like share that, that community thing, especially as women. And then tenfold, once I had a child, I was like, man, we yeah. need each other. And then COVID came and I was like, guess I won't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, how do I sort of rejig, but I can really also speak to what you're saying about relating to other people's experiences. So when we have our hot seat calls, which is part of the sisterhood once a month, these amazing calls where people could jump in the hot seat with you. There are people that are having experiences or problems or whatever. And that have nothing to do. Like I don't relate to at all. However, something comes out in the questions you ask or the, in the conversation that I'm like, Oh, I can apply that to this completely different area of my life. And that's the nugget that I needed to hear today. And that's another aspect that I don't think that we understand. And what's so powerful for me about that sisterhood is that it doesn't even have to be about, oh, I experienced the same trauma or same whatever as this person. It's like you can still find wisdom through, you know, like those classic aha moments don't come because you're witnessing someone doing the same. You're just like, oh, it just drops in. And so just being able to sit back, if you're shy, I can also just put out this disclaimer, like it's not for people that are like wanting to build a business or wanting to do the same thing as Eric, like this can be for anyone. Cause you talk about in your book as well, like that misconception that confidence is, you know, this sexy red lipped out there, yeah. bold. Oh, like, I mean, I'm loud. You're, you're loud. Like we're big personalities. Like I'm, yeah. you know, double Gemini. I'm a lot. Um, and, but a lot of my confidence comes like through that, like, you know, nervous energy, whatever. But I think that people also think like, oh, maybe that sister is not for me because I don't necessarily want to put myself out there and be big and bold and loud. It's like, it's nothing to do with that. Um, it's a space for everyone. Yeah. It feels really therapeutic and it feels really, um, and it's so interesting because I have business expanders and women that I look up to in business and coaching that do amazing work. And I always talk about Brooke Castillo, life coach school. Like I love her so much. And um, I have friends who are therapists who would think probably what I do in the sisterhood is dangerous, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, because I, we have people that don't know anyone and you know, sometimes we'll get on a call and someone will rip some mm-hmm. really intimate fucking shit that's like, wow, like the woman's probably never told anyone. Mm. And she tells a bunch of women that she's air quotes strangers, but it's so beautiful to have this safe space. And I can't take credit for any of it because safe space is created with you and the other. So Mm. if it's another person or if it's 500 other people, like we created the safe space. And so every woman who shows up to the call, even if she doesn't speak and she's just there listening and holding space like it matters it matters to the woman sharing it matters to me it matters to to everyone's story like it's just this I I honestly I'm not saying it because it's my program if it wasn't I would join something like Mm. this myself because I I've never seen women in such a space like that be able to talk and share and feel so um safe I guess without 
being judged and without worrying like will this leak or will mm. someone you know none of that women are catty shit like no one brings that to the mm. table and I used to think that about women back in my day when I was mm. really wounded and like it's so beautiful that I believe that and then I attract and they attract me and we just have this beautiful sisterhood this tribe of women that share it's my favorite part and I love to just that there's so I think it's what we're missing in the practice of confidence I think a lot of us get deterred because of you know and you talk about it too like in fuck what others think what other people are going to think of us and as women like I think a lot of times too we're worried about what other women are going to think about us and what other like specifically you know because of that trope that absolute bullshit trope of like girls being catty and like I never understood that to be honest like I saw it happen but I never got it um Mm. personally I was like why (laughs) why like what are we what are we gaining for this and for a long time I thought I was like a boy's girl because I wasn't into like the drama but like women are everything to me like I'm raising a boy you know and I love men but my god like everything and what would you do without and so it's that supportive space of again it you don't have to relate to this person you can be on the other side of the world like you're not even doing the same thing or you are doing the same thing and there's no competition yes like I love that when I remember one of my first hot seats I listened to and I died, like obviously died laughing at everything but you were like if I was not running this program and I was in it all of y'all would be my like my clients like I would go in there and you're like I'm not talking about poaching anyone like you're like I would just show up and shine like why aren't you showing up why aren't you shining yeah. like, so the encouragement from you to be like come in here because there's yeah. space for all of us yeah yeah like I love that yeah like yeah. that and is I the mean, definition I, of sisterhood yeah and I really mean it like yeah. I, I I'm so excited when women want to be coaches and, and want to do this work or want to, I have women in my program in Melbourne who are like, I want to build a sisterhood. I'm like, come or like scale squad. You know, I'm like, yeah. I will tell you exactly what I did. I'll give you my model. I'm like, fuck. It's not even my model. It's a model that I learned through this and matched models together. And it's like, I want women to win. And, and when we do this work, we can't like kind of want women to win or some women to win. And then like, not that woman though. Cause she burned me. And I'm like, mm. I want these women to win, but not that woman over there. It's like, no. So I catch my ego too. Don't worry. I'm like, okay even the influencer annoying women you want them to win I'm like yes cool and you know so it's a really beautiful combing of like take off whatever is not serving and and really being a stand and that means that if we're if we're a stand for people awakening and people and by awakening I mean like raising your awareness raising your consciousness raising your ability to ask questions and pay attention and we want to raise our communities in being awaken to questions and awaken to um, why certain things happen and our children and we want to teach and learn and expand. And it's like, I want that for everyone. So I don't care if you work in my sisterhood or, and I say that a lot, like join my program or not, but join a program, work with a coach, work with a therapist. I don't care, do something because we definitely need to work on ourselves. So I think that, that, that I get so excited when you're doing sister circles or Nikki like who works with us is doing stuff with mothers. Like there's so much space and there's 8 billion people and we all need it. So I wish there was 70 million sisterhoods, you know, in their own flavors out in the world because don't, don't we need it? I mean, it's a hundred percent. And like I said, our, you know, this, our, our sisterhood is yeah. full of, all kinds of different people. But as I was saying before, like I've been in this personal development space for like 10 years, you know, all the same books, all the same people, you know, in the same sphere. And like, 
but I was looking for this coach that was for me. And it doesn't mean that I haven't learned from a million different people and, and loved them and really, but there was just a clicking piece. And so I think that like, you, you know, even though you have this global sisterhood and you can serve a really large amount of people, like you also can't just be for everyone. So I think I, you talk about that a lot too. And I think that's, that's all, it's all layered as like bits of information and knowledge that I think that people need to just take on in terms of finding, going back always to finding their own confidence is going, I think for me, some of my confidence, lack of confidence at times came from like a guilt piece too. Mm. Like I could be confident, but then I don't want this person to miss out. I really struggle being a very loud, bold person. And like, I bulldoze a lot of people. My, my poor husband yeah. gets bulldozed by me constantly um, <laughs> because he's just more chill um, yeah. than I am. And so, and I've had, you know, people comment, you know, bad negative stuff. So that sits on my shoulder. That I have to constantly remind myself like, no, this is you and your power. It doesn't mean I can't be gracious of and course. shut up sometimes, <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, knowing that like, that's cool. My people will be for me and then go do that for it. Like, cause some people might need a different, you know, like you say, like, if you don't like swearing, I'm not for you. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone needs a different, a different, whatever venue into their yeah. confidence. I didn't even yeah. think about talking about the whole manage. It's like my favorite thing to talk about is the managing the mind. And that's like the first module in the sisterhood, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Because it's the most important thing, I think. Um, yeah, totally. Because, and I love, like, this is what I mean. I love the, that more spiritual, I mean, because to me, they're all connected, that spiritual side, but I'm such a fangirl geek out for like the neuroscience of it. Like I just, it's so crazy to me and like learning it. And once you kind of get it, you're just like, you see it happen everywhere yeah. Um, this morning, just something happened to me and I thought about something I read in your book and just connecting to all that. I, my son's like starting to skip his naps, which is great because he goes to bed a little bit earlier. I die when you talk about like putting your kids to bed, it takes forever and you're like lying there for hours. That's me every night. Like we sleep in the same hours. bed, I get kicked in the face, but I love yep. it. I love it. But at the same time, I'm just like, my God. That's so real, I that's stay Yeah. <laughs> I stay up too late all the time and I know it because yep. when he finally goes to bed, I'm like, I just need free you know. time at midnight. <laughs> yeah. And then I know I'm going to kick myself when he wakes up at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. so this morning he woke up so early and I was like, you know, at first I was just so annoyed. Honestly, like I was so annoyed with him. I was just like, just go the fuck back to sleep. Like it's four yeah. o'clock in the morning. Like this is not normal. And I was so annoyed with him and I was like, wait, I'm not, mad like I can't be mad at him because I made a decision yesterday yeah and I don't even have to be mad at myself because I needed that time like I can neutralize this situation like I can actually I can be frustrated but I don't have to like there doesn't have to be a blame and yeah. I love that you tell like one of the parts in your book you even mentioned like my kids are holding me back like something along those lines in my business and it was just such a ping for me as uh you know i kind of that sort of in that hazy 4am i was like right like that little lesson that sits in there and that's what i love yeah. about all of this work it doesn't mean that you you know you get on it and then you're perfect no oh my gosh no way and you never make mistakes um so for me like that managing the mind piece is so important um 
but then there's all of these other things that I'm like, oh, and this and this and this. So if you had to boil it down to just like, not that there's only one thing, but sort of like the, if you get like the step one or the block one that someone can start to take, cause there's so many, you know, you talk about confidence and as a practice mm-hmm. and stuff, but like what sort of that, that building block for any self-improvement. This is a building block. I think one of the coolest things that we could do if we're just doing our journey of self-development or we're, we're feeling lost as to what we need to do or overwhelmed with all the things. Um, I think having a look at your life. So it's like a visualization that you can do yourself. You just close your eyes and you think about all the areas of your life. You know, you might go to family or you might go to relationship or you might go to your bank account, money, your business, parenting, kids, sexuality, your fun and your hobbies. And just look at your life, like scan your life in your head, like have a look at everything and just look at the areas where you're not really, really fulfilled. Like the big ones that are like, oh, they make you feel like shit or you feel like, yep, no money in my bank account. Or when I think about my relationship, oh, you know, and look at them. And the one that's the biggest that stands out the most to you, ask yourself, what is that? What is the area right now that's really messing with you? And I like to do this all, like whenever I'm, I'm wanting to refocus on something or I have a client who's like lost and they want to refocus, it's like, there's so many things, there's all the things, right? And we have so much attention kind of splintered everywhere that I'm like, just think about yourself where you are today, not where you were last week or where you want to be, but where what's the current reality of you right now? And then you have a look and you say, okay, cool, it's my anger. I have anger issues and I'm yelling at my kids or whatever maybe that's someone and you go cool so what about this do I need to work on well I'm really angry I'm always frustrated I feel like I don't have help and you start really writing out how you're feeling about the situation and then start paying attention to the thoughts in your head so it's always mind I always start with mind I think the most powerful tool if I die tomorrow I told my kids already about all the stuff they need to do and like that's the powerful tools like just understand your thoughts that they're not real and that you can question everything you think and that you don't have to believe anything and that you get to unravel thoughts and that you get to pick them apart and dissect them and so that's the number one thing I would say is like start looking at your mind and if you don't know where to start what part of your life just pick one area that fucks with you the most the biggest area that right now you're not getting results in and start working and chipping away on that Mm. through your mind um, and and your thoughts because I think when we move one big area everything else starts to move into place but we think we need to change the 17 things in our lives and I'm like good luck trying to be 17 people Mm. like you can't Mm. so the big fucker the big rock you move the rock and the little rocks start to move and then there's no thing there Mm. I love it I also love a metaphor when I read that in your book I was like again like I love I love it I love that rock (laughs) metaphor it's amazing Oh, uh, I actually, oh, I have two really good questions and then I'm going to release you to the world. Okay. So one thing I want to touch on because I listen to your podcast, like I listen to your podcast anytime I have free time, I'm just like, you know, listening to it because it's always, it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, I needed to hear this one thing, like just crazy, you know? And you talked the other day in one of your podcasts about how do you do it all? And I think that this is another huge confidence issue because we get so bogged down by, and then as a like sort of sandwiching, you also just recently posted about the whole social media and like, is it working for you? And I think they actually go hand in hand Yeah, because you think you see people doing it all. And I, I guess just like, in a nutshell, because people can go and listen to your whole podcast and it's just, it's such a great, I just was like, making voice pausing it and then making a voice note because I was driving 
that's not a safe <laughs> practice. But um, and um, but keeping it real, I hear you. I do just because I was like, yes to this, yes, to, like you know, just even for like those drop-ins for myself to remember. So like, sort of, uh, if you can speak a little bit to that idea of you know, how do you do it all? Mm. Oh, I think it's, my husband's helped me with this because I'm like Gemini crazy, blah, 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 all the thoughts, you know, we yeah. feel each other, like all the things. And I think that's something that really fucks us over. And I just, a podcast is coming out, I think on Tuesday about um, the biggest sabotage, something like that, like the biggest sabotage we do. And it's like, well, I can do all the things. Well, I could do anything. I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. And it's like, yeah, but as you say that you ain't doing shit, you know? And so we like, we could do all the things, you know? So we go all the things, all the things. So I'm like, instead of doing all the things, looking at like, again, what do you really want right now? What is the thing that you want to focus on? What is the biggest needle mover in your life or in your business right now that would support you, help you uh, in your to-do list? What is the main urgent thing that you really, really need to do and want to do? And where the fuck can you book all the other shit next week, next month, next year? Like book it in, right? And so I do this because I think that I can't do everything, but I want to do all the things. And so I let myself have like seasons of things. So right now I'm in the scale squad season. And then once that's done and automated and finished, I'm not allowed. Erica is not allowed to go off and build another shiny thing or do another thing until that's really fine tuned. And then if you think about it, when we build something or create something or have a baby or have a relationship or build a friendship that needs massaging and loving and caring and looking after. So it's not like you just go, well, got a thing, boom, done next thing. But now who's going to look after that plant or that dog or that relationship or that baby or that thing, that business idea. So it's like letting yourself look at the things that are priorities um, being able to say no and sacrifice. I think sacrifice is big and no one wants to fucking talk about it. And you better believe we're going to sacrifice. Like I was, you know, babies when they're new and they're young and they're little, like you are supposed to be in survival mode. You're supposed to feel depressed. It's called having a fucking child and being a parent. Like I know that they call it postnatal depression and it's got an official title, but everyone has it. I still get it. And it's, I don't go to the doctor and say it's official, but if I took the test, I probably still fucking have postnatal. Like it's ridiculous. So it's like, instead of calling it a label and thing and putting it over there, it's like, how about it's a part of the human experience and it's just a thing you're going to have. And because you have children, maybe you can't go hardcore on clubhouse and maybe because you have a husband, you can't do this or whatever. So it's like, I'm not going to try to do all the things I'm going to be a fucked up friend, or I'm just going to have friends that know that I'm not going to call them all the time. And I'm only going to speak to them when I can. And they're going to be cool with that. Like we can attract friends like that, by the way. I never had friends like that. Yeah. I don't have any other friends. Yeah, and then, like, like my best friend, I talk to her twice a year because she lives in Canada. Exactly. Same. It's like, so can we have these relationships? Can we have, you know, friendships? Can we have relationships? Can we have businesses that we decide this is all I do and this is how I do it? I bring my baby to work. Like that's what happens. Or my dog is a part of my business, whatever. I don't know. Like we get to create it. So I think I don't do all the things because I say no to a lot of things and I do not, and I will not have guilt. I do not allow myself to hold on to, I should have, no, I did that. That's it. And I did it. And if I didn't like it, I'm going to change it for next time. But the guilt, like we don't get to go, no. And then go, I feel so bad because I'm a bad mom. Cause I, you know, always do the canteen at school. It's like, no, you don't get to do that. Like you fucking say no. And you say no yeah. without the regret. So I think Billy, looking through your calendar, looking at all the fucking shit that you do, looking at all the shit you don't have to do. What can you, what can you automate? What can you hand over and what can you stop doing? <laughs> like just stop doing, um, and then really fine tuning what you want and, and your goals. Cause there might be things you're doing that 
you don't actually want to do that your mom told you to do or your religion wants you to do or what you think you need to do and it's not making you happy. So cut, cut, cut everything and then have discussions with the people in your life that matter and cut everything and just focus on the thing that you want to work with because you cannot do everything at once. It's fucking hard. Mm. I think, again, these are just things that we need to hear and we need to hear them again and again and again because we've had such alternative messaging. And, you know, in the precipice of social media, it kind of was that, you know, and still is the highlight reel, but for a long time, there was no transparency behind it. And it was just, you know, we were working it out as a collective, you know, what is this thing? And it was all like, let me put my best, like, you know, we were all like dating each other for the first time and trying to show, or people would be like authentic and show, like, be like, this is super tough, but it was bullshit. You know, it was like a, you know, a version of like, I just don't know whether to choose between this or this amazing thing. And it's just like, that's not the hardest sacrifice you need to make. I think I love just the overarching thing about sort of prioritizing effectively. It's not sexy, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing sexy about prioritizing. And I think that that's, again, like we look at, I look at, you know, you and I look up to you and your page and everything like this. And, you know, from the outside looking in, even though, you're showing behind the scenes and stuff like that and being real or like, you know, so authentic, we can still just watch and go like, Oh, it just looks so glamorous. And it's just yeah. like, there's nothing glamorous about you. Like, yes, yeah, spending, of course you're, you're being authentic, but no one needs to you to be doing like a Facebook live or Instagram live where you're like going through your schedule and like yeah. writing things yeah. up. So my other question that I really wanted to ask you that kind of actually just got answered in that was, because again, we have like, I'm assuming you're, Gem- I don't know if you know, I only have learned, been learning about like astrology, but I'm assuming you're Gemini moon, Gemini sun, Capricorn rising. I don't know. I think I probably, I mean, know. I would imagine so because like I said, like we're two days apart, so I don't think it would change drastically, but oh. it's that double Gemini for me that is like why I'm nuts. And I have, I'm like mm-hmm. almost all fire and I only learned about this, but like it's almost all fire and air. So there's like the four signs. Oh, wow. And so you, do you have, have you done your um, human design or your gene keys? Gene keys are really cool. I've not done gene keys, but I've done human design. So I'm like a manifesting generator. Keys. Yes, um, me too. Yeah. Like, and I think too, with like that, when I saw my chart, like fire and air, I was like, that's exactly me. Like a little spark goes and then the air comes and I'm like a forest fire. And then everything behind me is burnt afterwards. Like there's just like, I fucked shit up, you know, like I get that inspiration and that, it, you know, and I, I mean the, my literally like my podcast is called all of the things because I was like, I do want to honor that need to do all the things, but at the same time, I'm not going to like every episode's not going to be about all of the things. So I'm like, you know, so I'm I'm honoring that whatever it is inside of me that is constantly, and I can see it in you also like, and I, you know, you've talked about it before, like even Hamish being like, you can't do all these things, you know, like slow Mm -hmm. down because you're just on fire. Like, and then you're like, and I can serve like this and then I can serve like this, but you will be burnt out. And so Mike, you know, I'm just wondering like, how do you, what is your grounding practice when it comes around that? Because sometimes because I have all these ideas and then you jump into like, I could do this. Like I'm burnt out before I've even done a thing. Mm. Like I've not even Mm. done a thing and I'm burnt out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think so it's crazy to me and I and I just I've been starting to talk about this as you know probably lately like about how I need to slow down and I and I really struggle because I don't there's no evidence in my life that slowing down is is good. Right. There's no right. evidence. I have zero evidence. Zero, okay? Like 
no evidence to look at. So I, it's not like it goes, you see, you went too hard and that happened. Never happens. See, you went too hard and you weren't present. Never happens. Like it doesn't happen to me. Like I don't see the effect of it. What happens is inside my body, things will happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that till way later. And my, my, I feel like the universe just goes, we're going to love you and give you the gift of energy. And then I abuse the gift Mm -hmm. so badly. It's like, I spend all the money of the gift, you know, of energy. I spend it all. And they go, here's a million more. Like Mm -hmm. they don't take it away from me. And so I'm, and I say they, but I mean like Mm -hmm. energetically spirit, you know what I mean? So I'm like, thank you. But now it's like going, Hey, you keep spending your energy. And like, so my body will like, when I got the fatty liver mm. last year and I talked about that. So I'm still in the lesson of what it looks like to slow down and rest. And I think that one of the the things that keeps me grounded, not from, I don't do a million things, even though it looks like I do a million things. I have the sisterhood, I have my mastermind, and then I do retreats. Mm-hmm. And my podcast to me is like, and social media and podcasting is like just a thing, a little thing. It doesn't feel like a big thing anymore, but like my core offerings, um, I feel like I, I, I think about the big vision and that's what drives me. So that's what wakes me up. That's what puts me to bed. That's what makes me say no to that thing. That's what makes me go not over there is the big vision of, yep, I'm just a queen of confidence. Sure. You can think I'm just a confidence coach. I'm happy for you to put me in the box. And then my clients know that that's what I do. And I just go really deep into that hole of confidence. And obviously, you know, when you work with me, I do more than that. But when I'm marketing and myself and putting myself out there, I'm not like, I do this, 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 I have all these offerings. Ah, then people are so confused and they don't know how to work with me. Mm. And then I don't know how to help them. So I feel like my big vision kind of grounds me in, I want to help all the women that I can these are the two ways that I help them. And then when the school comes, that makes sense because it's a part of the vision. So I don't feel like it's another shiny object. It's like, Oh, I'm aligning this legacy. I'm doing all these things so that when I go, cause I know I'll go, I go, I did what I needed to do. I did as much as I could for the main mission that we're all in. We're all in this mission and I'm not saving the world. And I got that bitch slap last year, bitch, please. You're not going to be the only one that saves the world. How dare you think that? Mm. And it was like, Oh, okay. So I don't have to go so hard and burn myself out. Cause I'm not the only one that's going to save the world. Okay. Like as if, you know, like the universe. I saw like, that really saw yeah. that on social media of like, and I think we all felt it. I think we all felt that yeah. sense of urgency all of a sudden. Cause like all of a sudden I think it was just like, a veil was lifted and it was just like, here's all the crazy shit that's going on, even though we kind of had, and then it was just like this sense of urgency to fix everything. And then you just had to like scale way back. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, feeling the same feel and then watching someone else going, okay, you know, I don't actually have to be a martyr for every yeah. freaking cause, even though I believe in them, mm-hmm. I have to continue to do what is my thing and shine yeah. and stand up and then serve so that other people you know, and trickle down and, and trust that. It's, it's crazy. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like it's uh 2021 and I'm about to say like less is more. Yeah. Right. And I fully feel it now. Like where I was like, Oh, more is more. And it's like doing less and going deeper into the rabbit hole as to what you do, going deeper into serving your clients, going deeper into that woman and what she's feeling and her issue and going deeper into your automation and the emails and like going deeper into these things and grounding down into those things helps me to keep myself on. Do I say yes to that job or no to that client or yes to that speaking gig or no to that thing? Like I'm really clear now with like, no, I could do all that, but that's crazy and I don't need to do all that. And that's going to take me away from the overarching main vision. So even if it's money, even if it's followers, even if it's a collaboration with some kind of big fucking influencer, it's a no, if it's not going to 
get me to the aligned thing. And that's what I'd struggled with, to be honest, the most Veronica was like, everything will get me to that thing. Everything is going to get me. And even saying when I get on Oprah's couch, like that's a subconscious goalpost mm. that I'm going so hard until I get to Oprah's couch. Like what, what if I never make it on Oprah's fucking couch? What if I, what if I don't do that? What mm. if she's on my fucking couch? I don't know. Like that's goalpost that I was setting myself is subconsciously telling me I can't stop and rest and slow down until I have reached there. Yeah. And then what do we do? We keep moving the goalpost mm. and then we never stop and never it's enough. Like I'm already successful. Can I take that now and go, Oh my God, I'm successful. And what I did was awesome and be happy with that. Like, to be honest, I'm just, I struggle, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, how can you not struggle? You know? So I actually, um, <laughs> oh, Brian, I can tell you. So, I mean, I was, I, I, I was before I even knew that I wanted to, you know, show up in a certain way and like help people and knew anything about all of this. I was like, I'm going to yeah talk to Oprah about something. I mean, who doesn't love Oprah? I mean, a lot of people maybe don't love her. That's She's the whole point. But when her show, when she canceled her show, I was like, no, how am I going to go on her show if she's canceled her show? Like, I was like, you know, in my 20s, like working at a bar, like I was like, what am I going on her show for? But in my yeah, head, yeah. there was a part of me that was just like, I think sometimes and maybe maybe that's a representation of something. But I do think that everyone has their like, you you know, before you know that there's a something like pulling you. Yeah. And so yeah. there was like a sense of. Of, of connected service sort of that and I so when I the, even the first time we were like I know I'm gonna sit on the couch and I was like and then she started yeah. doing super soul Sundays I'm like oh my couch is back um yeah, it's an outdoor couch yeah. and a lot of women feel that a lot of women yeah. that you probably love or love you or attract to you like I know that's many women's vision so yeah. it's like how beautiful that like we all want to serve and like holy shit but it's like we can't burn now and and it's not a when I it's no, it's not a, if that happens, then I'm gonna, it's just like, if that happens. Amazing. If it doesn't amazing, like I'm still already doing what I'm doing and everybody has their own, you're, you're your own Oprah, you know, yeah. like you're your own version of Oprah and doing what you're doing that she's not going to do like yeah. mothering and the, the work that you're yeah. doing. So it's like, yeah, it's really tricky, but I, I mean, I'm not nowhere near telling anyone how to do the slowdown. Cause I sucked at that, but I do now, I, I am very protective of my vision. That's mm. what it is. I'm protective of my vision. I won't stray and I close my circle. So I don't have a lot of close people. And I'm talking like Instagram people, yeah. like people that people want to connect me with. I'm like, mm -mm. Yeah. my circle's tight. Like, no. And my kids aren't on social media anymore. Like I'm just like, I'm very trying to make it a secret thing because I know that if it goes big and expands and does things, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm just in alignment and I'm responsible. Mm. Responsibility is important to me. I think you touching back to when you talked about seasons and this is something that I, I had to get really comfortable with because again, you see people doing it all, you know, air quotes. Um, when Noah was like one and I kind of felt this urge to sort of get back and like, I love being a mom. I love it, love it, love it. But like, I also need to, yeah. do other things and like I feel so called to and I just I just need to talk to people like at people with people yeah. you know that aren't him um <laughs> and um but there was also a part where I was like okay I want and I have this big vision but for me I also needed to I could like I needed to prioritize and go okay actually I'm gonna make peace with this is my season and I'm gonna allow yes. myself to be in a season of motherhood and even though yeah. someone else is doing these things, you know, I don't know what else other sacrifices are making. Cause I also want to have, mm -hmm. you know, 
other aspects of my life also blooming and like you yes. can't water that whole garden like i actually started to try and have a garden during covid and like everything's fucking dead it's like a graveyard so like i through that metaphor i realized i'm like i just need to have like three pots three yeah. plants and water and love those three pots because i only have time for those three plants everything yeah. else otherwise i've just got like half dead everything I love that. And so, so I was like, I really want to be a good mom, like not just a good mom, but like, I really want to be present. Like I want to be in this moment. And at the same time, I know it can't be my everything, but instead I was trying to do like little bits of just a million different other things. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I really want to start this, you know, this vision, but I only have, you know, one day where he's in childcare. So what can I create in that day? And it was like, I can do a podcast. Yes. And let me start there and let me start to build and let me start. And like, I have a book of ideas. So I literally just write down. Cause I'm, for me, I was always like, there's that scarcity too. Not like I thought someone else was going to take it, but I was like, I have to do this. And if I don't do it now, like it's going to somehow, yeah. yeah, you know, and I love watching your process of, and just going back again and having watched how you just built on things, you know, mm -hmm. you could have probably been like, okay, I'm going to do this online global sisterhood, but it was like, local growing growing expanding yeah. expanding allowing yourself to also expand because i think when we get into service and we're in that alignment then we can all of a sudden the floodgates open and we have access to the vision that mm -hmm. big vision but it doesn't mean that like you got to go do that like i'm sure i have no doubt that you have big vision stuff that is like crazy beyond my, you know, that we're going to see for sure. But mm -hmm. like, you can't be doing that right now until you, totally. otherwise you there. would lose, you wouldn't, the sister would fall apart because you wouldn't be yeah. here for yeah, that. Yeah. And so I think that I love, I love that reminder too, of like letting yourself be in seasons and then letting yourself sort of stay, not tunnel vision, but you know, in totally. your zone. Yeah. I, sometimes we have to and I think like I've decided I had friends that are very much in the zodiac space and mm. my husband does shamanic work so there's all these meanings and one of the biggest things that I that I realized um I think two years ago and I was speaking to my coach who's my girlfriend now and I was like man I took I really took away meaning like nothing means anything to me anymore so I'm a Gemini I'm a manifesting generator but it doesn't mean anything mm. and then it does it's like I have literally taken and stripped because of my trauma, my past, all the work I did. I removed what anything means. Mm. Like nothing means anything. And, and it's fucked up. I'm like, isn't that fucked up? She's like, no, because now you put meaning, intentional meaning on everything. So she looked at me that way. What do you want to make that mean? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I'll make it mean that she was looking at someone else. Cool. Or I make it mean she thinks I'm an asshole and she doesn't like me. Well, I get to choose all the fucking meanings and it will determine how I feel, how I act, my results. It determines my whole fucking life. So I'm not just going, oh, okay, because I'm a manifesting generator of sacral authority. That's why, rah, rah, rah. And I just, oh, the fucking retrograde. And I'm like, even when I'm on my bleed, I'm like, oh, I'm just grumpy because I'm on my bleed. Like, no, oh, I'm just grumpy because I'm hungry. I'm like, well, fucking eat. You don't need to be grumpy. Like, I don't like meaning at all, but I'm also take things and go, that makes sense. So I think with all of our things, we get to decide, you know, we get to decide what are we making that mean? Does that serve us? If it serves you, fucking awesome. It might not serve someone else, but who cares? It's how does it work for you, you know? And so I think yeah, it's, it's been a really, it's really tricky, but it's also seeing that you can have all the things that you want to have, but you have to be fucking patient, which sucks because I don't think patience and I have been good friends in the past. You either. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else resonate listening yeah. to this? Cause patience is hard, you know? And then you just go, 
I am where I'm supposed to be. And as much as we hate saying that, like, everything happens for a reason, like, it's fucking true. If you were meant to be on a first couch, you would be. You're not. You're here right now. Why are you here? What lessons can you take here? What can you grow and develop here? And then trust that whatever needs to happen is going to happen. And it's really hard. And I wanted to say to you as well, in the motherhood stages, and anybody who's listening who's a mother or a, or a parent and you're in the early stages, like, it is so not the time unless you have to to hustle and grind. Like unless you fucking have to, and you're dying and you have no money and you have to get on buses and have three jobs. I I don't wish that for any woman. And I know that there's women out there from my communities that they're doing that. And some of my family is doing that. And it's so hard, but if you don't have to, uh, really protect that time and protect that energy because you're fucked already it's survival mode and you got a human and it fucking sucks in the beginning the whole thing sucks everything about it they're cute but everything else sucks you know and and it's not forever but if we're hustling and rushing and and not able to enjoy that like i think that that just it 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 adds more it adds more comparison it adds more depression it adds more lack it adds more everything so if you can sit with that like sit with that until you're over it and then put them in childcare and then go do something like whatever, if you can. Yeah. No, I, I just saved a, like a thing on the internet today that was like, you know, we always read those things like this time is precious and you never get it back. Like, you know, respect that. And the flip side of that, like this time is oh, and, and it doesn't last forever. Like, so honor it. Cause it doesn't last forever. But the flip side of that is like, this is tough as shit and it's a struggle yes. and it also doesn't last forever. Like we need to hear those two yeah, fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there, it's it's so like I was saying to my girlfriend today. I said like, in one second, I can go from being like, like no is two, so it's just it's it's a it's a lot right now. But at the same time, like it's the absolute best. Like he's such a personality. He's so funny. He's so like interactive. It's like I feel so much love from from him. And then at the same time, he's like so challenging, so difficult. You know, so it's, yeah. it's that yeah. real duality. I think what you talked about you know, not mean things, not meaning things. I, like I said, just learning about astrology. I love this guy, Queer Cosmos, because he talks yeah. about it in like such a positive manner, like all of these different things. And it's about um, taking whatever defines you and not using that as an excuse, I think, but using it as tools to empower. Okay, this is information, like it's all information. Information, yeah. And you go, okay, how can I use this information not to define me or to put me in a box or to mean that like, I'm going to just go, oh, that's why I'm so blah, blah, blah. I guess I can't do anything about it. It's like, oh, these are my, these are, this is information to get me to know myself and like maybe things that will affect my personality, whatever it is. And like trauma, you know, I mean, like you can't do anything about it. It's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, there are so many different things you can do with it, but it's information. Yeah, yeah. And I love that sort of like an overarching theme going back to the whole mind stuff. It's all like, this is all, we're just being given information. Like a lot of it's not facts. Like, Mm -hmm. what do we know? One of my quotes in your book, which I love, love, love too. And I say it all the time. Like the only thing I know for sure is that I don't know shit. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I know? Mm -hmm. There used to be dinosaurs. Now we have fucking iPhones. Like that's so crazy to me that how can I imagine anything in between? I know. What do I know? So, So crazy. So I always say, like, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't think are probable, but I can't ever say anything's impossible. Yeah. Who am I? I know. Um, it's like, we don't know shit. <laughs> no, but you do know a lot. I mean, there is a lot of stuff that you have experienced and can share. And I would just say to everyone now, like, the Queen of Confidence on Instagram, on, I still can't, Clubhouse, I can't, like, it's too much for me in my yeah, current crazy. zone. I had to, I, I jumped on and like, you know, you get hyped when someone else is hyped about some something. And then I was yeah. like, 
I don't have space for this. Like I have to yeah, say, I get really excited on TikTok and I think it's hilarious, but then I'm like, I can't be in this space. I need to yeah. just, you know, be in this space. But if you're on Clubhouse, I know that you're up in there. Um, Sometimes, yes. But yeah. I also backed out. I'm like, yeah. girl, this is too much. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and anyone that is looking for a space, uh, sisterhood, it doesn't matter what your thing is. Just check out the Queen of Confidence because I think that there's and then like everyone everywhere, everyone everywhere by <laughs> confidence feels like shit. It's so amazing. I'm not even gonna get into it, but that last little bit and you share that letter you wrote, I was like in just yeah, so powerful. So powerful though. Write. But like just such a powerful like I like just that idea. I'm not even going to yeah. share because I want everyone to go read it. I want to like leave a cliffhanger. So I, I was like, well, I need to find out what's she talking about. But it was uh, amazing. And I read that and I was like, fuck. Like, mm. wow. That's like just every the I have like a hundred notes that I didn't even touch on because how can I? But please like do yourself a favor. Read the book. It's amazing. I'm so amazed. I didn't even, there's so many things I want to ask you and talk to you about. But read the book. Maybe I'll see you guys in the sisterhood because that's where I'm going to be hanging out. That's my place. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for this um, beautiful conversation. Oh, my heart Veronica, rate is like medium you. right now. So I'm like, oh, it's, not, it's not back down to normal yet. I'm still like, you know, in excited. I think people mm -hmm. also need to know excited and like anxious. They're kind of the same, yes. you know, yes. so you get to choose. Um, but thank you for the work you do in the world. And thank you for deciding as you talk about, thank you for continuing to make the choices that you make that are so beautiful. First of all, I love you. And I so acknowledge you for doing this work, for making this podcast, for, you know, taking your time and making kids and everything work out so that you can do this and working with our crazy ass schedule and, and just really for the beautiful words and the work that you're doing because you're inspiring so many people and the work that you're going to do in the world. And I just appreciate you and I mm. acknowledge you and I thank you and I love you, my Gemini twin I sister. Know. Amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. I love you too. I'm Thank you so much for joining me in this latest episode. If you liked what you heard and you want to share it, that would be amazing. I would love for this to reach whoever it needs to reach. And I can't do that without your help. If you can jump into wherever you listen to this podcast, if there's a review available, if you can jump into iTunes and leave me a review, that would be incredible. And I thank you so much. And if you want to connect further and find out how you can work with me or just watch me do silly things on the internet, you can find me at Veronica Lee Drayton on Instagram and I will talk to you soon.